0: Welcome to this podcast by The Rocks Church. We hope you find it challenging and
1: inspiring. For more information, visit therocks.church. Come on, let's go. Welcome
0: to Vision Sunday family. It's so good to have all of you here. I wanna give a special shout out to our Baldivis family. Welcome home. All right. Wow, thank you for making the drive all the way here and I want to welcome also our online family Wherever you're tuning in from, you are as much a part of our family as any one anyone, anyone of us here, so welcome, and we're so glad that you can tune in. Today is a very special Sunday. We do this once a year. We call it Vision Sunday. We're here to celebrate what God is doing in our midst and also open our hearts and minds to hear from God where He wants us to put our finger on and where He wants us to emphasize You know what we need to do in our community this year, and we're going to do just that. That this morning because vision is that important am I right I want to ask you this morning what is your vision what is a vision a vision is what you see so what is your life vision your life vision is how you see your life what you see your life to be and if you ask average person they will tell you this that their life vision is to live comfortably And to retire comfortably which is not a bad vision actually there's nothing wrong with wanting to live comfortably and retire comfortably but I'm here to tell you this morning that God your Heavenly Father has a much bigger vision for your life the Apostle Paul one of the great Apostles of Jesus Christ said this in one of his letters in the letter to the Ephesians he says for we are God's masterpiece I don't know if you're feeling like a masterpiece this morning, maybe some of you here are not feeling like a masterpiece, but it's not how you feel, is it? It's not what I tell you even, it's what God says about you and Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, says that you are God's masterpiece. And he says, he has created us anew in Christ Jesus. What does that mean, to be created anew in Christ Jesus? In case you don't know, we live in a fallen world. In case you don't know, we, we pull ourselves away from God. We want to be independent from God, and we broke the relationship that we have with him. And so God, in his kindness, in his mercy, in his grace, sent his son, Jesus Christ, to create us anew. He sent his son to mend that broken relationship so that we can get back to the original creation that God has intended us to be in the first place, which is to be his masterpiece. And the reason why God cares so much about you, the reason why God created you in such a way that he calls you a masterpiece is because God has prepared good things for you to do. And he had planned this long ago. So for some of you who think that you are here to just take up space on this earth, that you have no purpose, you have no meaning in this world, I'm telling you, nothing could be further from the truth. When God created you, He already had in mind the great things that you can do in this world to impact other people's lives, to impact His kingdom even. And so I'm here to tell you this morning that having a vision is very important. Having a vision that is bigger than just to live comfortably and to retire comfortably. And we want to know what that vision is. We want to catch that vision from God. Because guess what? Everyone whom I met, right? Everyone whom I met, if they're 50 or above, no one has ever come to me and says, you know what, Daniel? I've been doing meaningful things my whole life, and I'm sick of it. I'm tired of it. From this moment on, I'm just going to do things that have no meaning in my life no one in their 50s and 60s ever come to me and say that in fact what they say is usually quite the opposite usually they tell me you know what i've wasted so much time you know what i wish i can have a do-over in my life i would have done things very differently you see unless you catch god's bigger vision for your life you may end up like what andy stanley says in his book called Hearing," and I, I quote this every year when we have our Vision Sunday to remind us that without God's vision, you may find yourself looking back on a life that was given to accumulating, accumulating money or wealth. It is the kind of vision that leaves men and women wondering, wondering if there was more, wondering what they could have done, what they should have done with their brief stay on this little ball of dirt. In case you're still wondering and not convinced that having a vision for your life is very important Just go to a funeral. Six months ago, my dad went to be with the Lord. It was one of the hardest moments in my life. And we packed this this auditorium just like we are packing it now uh, in my dad's funeral. And in that event, in that ceremony, no one ever mentioned about my dad's career. No one mentioned about how much wealth he had or not had. No one mentioned how big a house he lived in or how small a house he lived in. But you know what people still until this day kept talking about regarding my dad? Actually, only last Friday, someone talked to me and said, I wish I had talked to your dad more. I wish I had told him how much he inspired me. Every time I come to church, I always see him either with a leaf blower or a vacuum cleaner or I see him in the toilet cleaning, wiping things. That's the kind of life that you want to live life that is bigger, bigger, and so much better than just living comfortably and retiring comfortably. And you know, as a church, we also have a great vision that God has given us since we started this church 19 years ago, since Gordon started Baldivis Church 30 years ago. God had this in mind for our churches, and we know we click right away when we talk about the integration of the two churches three years ago. We had in mind a church that is intentional in being upward-focused. We had in mind uh, a vision from God to start a church that is not inward looking, a church that is to be a safe haven for people who want to search for God. We want to be a church that is gracious, accepting, non-judgmental toward people who think that they are far from God, but they are actually never far from God. God is always near them. So we wanted to be that kind of church, and you're wondering, shouldn't every church be that kind of church? (laughs) That sounds like what a church should be. Well, you would think so. But unfortunately, not every church is like that. Not every church is outward looking. A lot of churches don't care about people outside of their own circle. A lot of churches only look inward, only look for the blessing that they can get for themselves, which is why we are so disconnected from the average Australian in this country. I don't know if you know, but for the past 70 years, the number of people who associate themselves with Christianity is in big decline for the last 70 years without rest. Alright? And in um, one of the papers published by one of the most trusted research companies in Australia called the McCrindle Research, they wrote a paper entitled The Future of the Church in Australia. And this is what they say. Australians are disillusioned with the church. But guess what? They're spiritually hungry. They actually don't mind for spiritual stuff. But they are disillusioned by the church. And this this disillusion is partly due to church culture becoming detached from everyday Australian experience. What is an everyday Australian experience? Because life is a struggle, right? Not everyone is doing well. Not everyone has the same uh, faith journey. Not everyone has the same connection with God as you who were brought up maybe in a Christian home. And because the church is becoming more and more irrelevant for the average Australian That's why more and more australians detach themselves from the church which makes me sad it shouldn't be this way the church should be irresistible to average australians why because jesus was irresistible when he was on earth People love to hang around Jesus. And if we call ourselves the church, if we call ourselves the body of Christ, which is what the church should be, right? We are the body of Christ. Then they should find, average Australian should find the church as irresistible as Jesus. But unfortunately, we're nothing like Jesus sometimes. And the solution is actually very simple. MacRindle gave us the solution. How can we combat this? Uh, the research continues to say this, church needs to engage the community. That's how you do it. Churches that are adaptable, dynamic, kingdom focused, and are engaged with the culture and community are the churches that will thrive in the future. So the solution is actually not as difficult as you think. The church of the future should be an expression of its local community which is why starting last year, we realized this. We can't just wait for the ball to come to us. We need to go out and fetch the ball, all right? We can't wait for people to just come to church. We should encourage people and invite them to come to church. That's what we do. But we can do better than that. We can be even more relevant than that. That's why last year we started this new strategy. We want to endear our community more. I think we're doing pretty good at inspiring our congregation. When they come here, they won't be judged. When they come here, they will be loved. They They will find acceptance. We will be very friendly to them. But we can do better. We want to endear our community more and more and then lead them in this faith journey until they become followers of Jesus who in turn will look for others and love others and embrace others to also know Jesus, all right? And, and, and we've been doing this for years, but we want to do it even better. We want to be, more, want to be even more intentional in doing this. And so last year, for example, we have our, our Best Be Rich campaign yet, where you actually give away $49,147 in one week, in one Sunday. That week, we say we're going to give every single cent to our local community. We're going to help organizations in our communities that are doing well to serve our community. We don't want to duplicate what they do. We just want to, you know, partner with them. We want to support them in what they do. Not just sending money, but also sending volunteers their way, all right? Not only do we give money and send our volunteers away, we also give away blood. I don't know if you know, but we have our own lifeblood team. And last year, guess what? Our lifeblood team came 10th. Among all the organizations in our city, some bigger organizations. You know, we came 10th, and I'm not happy about that. We should be first. This year, my challenge to you is give blood. We want to be first. But it's not because we want to be first. Already we are known in this community as a generous church because a lot of you actually choose to give blood. And we, we, you know, when you give blood, you can mention uh, who you're with. We're with the Rocks Lifeblood Team. But we don't even do it for our fame or anything like that. But do you know that one in three Australians will need blood at some point in their life? This is something simple that we can do and make a difference for real in our community, right? We've been partnering with the South Metropolitan TAFE uh, to conduct... Uh, our adult migrant English program, when I talked to the mayor of the city of Canning, Mayor Patrick Hall, I asked him, hey, May, Mr. Mayor, what, what do you need the most in our community, in this city? And he says, the city of Canning is one of the most diverse city in the whole WA. We have so many immigrants living in the city of Canning. What we need the most, one of them, is migrant programs. And so we're so thrilled when Tave approaches us and see if we can work together. You know that every week, people from all over the world who came to Australia, from the Middle East, from Asia, you know, from Europe, they come here to study English and they interact with our people. This is a photo that I took from my office upstairs. People are just hanging around the building, talking to people. When we had the Jesus is, you know, blackboard, they even just write stuff in there. It is amazing. This is what the church should be. We should be as an integral part of the community as we possibly can, all right? And we also want to start something new this year. We decided that we want to partner with Regent College to start Alpha. In case you don't know what Alpha is, Alpha is a community-based introduction to Christianity, and, and Derek Nichols, the principal of of, of of Regent College who also comes to our church he says you know Daniel we have a great opportunity a lot of parents send their kids to Regent College which is a Christian college and they're not Christians so I, I want to ask them, hey, do you want to learn what your kids are learning at school? And so four parents already signed up to join Alpha. And I want to encourage you, if you know anybody who wants to know Jesus more, sign up for Alpha. Or if you're already a Christian, you know, help us. You know, be one of the facilitators for Alpha. Don't worry, we're going we're gonna to train you. But this is something, another something that we can do for our community. We also partner with Kids Hope uh, because I think there are a lot of kids there are unfor- so unfortunate in our city that they don't have people that they can look up to. Uh, maybe they're foster kids or whatever. And through a simple act of mentoring, just one hour per week, that's all it takes. Just one hour per week, at least for one academic year. You can be a mentor to someone and change their life forever. All right. So we're happy to be partnering with Kids Hope as well. And people ask me, hey, Daniel, don't you worry if you keep sending people, you know, to help this organization, that organization, you're not going to have enough volunteers for yourself. I said, no, I'm not worried about that. I really believe the more we go out there, the more the people of God realize that we meant to be salt and light in our world, not just within our own community. Man, that's where the blessings are going to come. Yeah and you know thank you for your patience we've been renovating our kitchen and starting this week kind coffee uh is operating you know if there's one thing this community needs badly is good coffee Uh, it's a crime that this area doesn't have good coffee that has to change and thank god for kind the kind team i'm telling you when we talk to them the first time first and foremost they are missionaries jordan has been a missionary to the maldives for a long time Uh, David and Becky are with YM, they're missionaries with YWM, and they say first and foremost, we want to be missionaries in this community, we want to love our community, and coffee is just one way for them to do it. And so we're so privileged, we're so happy to be partnering with them to bless this community even more. And talk about renovation, we're going to start renovation in Baldafi soon. Look at this, isn't that fantastic, you know? Our foyer is going to look so fresh, Uh, it's going to be so open and airy and modern, you know, to keep up with the time. We want people to come and enjoy the space that we create for them. We also have a a, a kitchen area renovated. We're going to have a cafe there as well, and Kind Coffee has agreed to open Kind Coffee Baldivis because even Baldivis deserves good coffee. (laughs) You know, I feel sad every time Pastor Gordon goes to Dome. And, and, that's not right. So I said, we have to fix that. Uh, Talk about Maldives. I want to spend some time a little bit to talk about my spiritual father, my mentor, Pastor Gordon. Ever since he started the church 30 years ago, ever ever since we integrated our two churches three years ago, we've always talked about how we can pass on the legacy that we started to the next generation. I don't know if you know this, even though Pastor Gordon looks 55, He's actually 77 this year, all right? I wish I could look as good as him when I'm 77, let me tell you that. And and we have been praying for a successor to Pastor Gordon. We've been praying for the last three years. Gordon has been praying for the last 30 years. And we thank God that finally God sent the right person. We've been praying so much about this. And it's funny, it's not funny actually, but it's interesting and it's amazing how God crossed our path. Uh, Myself, Gordon, and this person called Alistair, it is my honor and privilege to introduce to you our new location pastor to be succeeding Gordon. Uh, This is Gordon, that's not, yeah, and I I want to welcome Alistair, Cochrane, and his family to our church, and Alistair and his wife, Kira, and two sons, Ezra and Caius. Alistair will become the new location pastor for Baldavis, and we are so thrilled, and we are excited to work together with him and see what God is going to do in the city of Baldavis through his ministry. And so we're going to be praying for him. We're going to be celebrating him. In May, we're going to commission him in Baldavis, all right? So God has been doing great things in our church, and God will continue to do amazing things in our midst. I really believe that. But we are in danger. Let me tell you that right now. Let me be up front to you this morning. Um, we are in danger of losing everything that we've built. We're in danger of losing the next generation. And that danger doesn't come from outside. That danger comes from inside. That danger, I call it consumer Christianity. Unfortunately, as, as I see the church landscape around Australia, I see more and more consumer Christians who come to church just to take and not to give back. I see more and more Christians not willing to follow Jesus. They're content with being saved. They're content with going to heaven, but they're not willing to carry the cross and follow Jesus for the rest of their lives. You see, the strategy that we have, I'm going to show it to you again. This strategy only works if the people of God understand their vision God's vision for their lives that when you come to faith it is not only for Jesus to save you and take you to heaven but God has prepared good works for you to do it is not for you to become fat spiritually I think a lot of us I call ourselves blessings junkie you know we are so fixated with hearing good sermons you know being a part of inspiring worship sets. By the way, I'm all for that, right? We are so blessed in this church to have great anointed communicators in Gordon, Alistair, Tim Healy. And we are privileged. We don't even realize it, that every week we are under this awesome teaching. And we also created this, you know, this, this digital way of you to be blessed Uh by hearing amazing speakers from all, all around the world, through right now media, we subscribe to right now media for you. So I'm all for great preaching. I'm all for awesome worship. Did we have great worship this morning? But if you think Christianity is all about sitting here every Sunday and listen to someone speak and be blessed by inspiring worship, then you don't understand what Christianity is all about. Because Christianity is about following Jesus. Do what Christian, right? comes from two greek words christos and ianos christanos it means literally follower of christ what does christ mean we don't we lose the meaning of christ because we just transliterated from the greek language to the english language christ actually means the anointed one it means the anointed king so when you say you are a christian you are actually saying i am a follower of the anointed king That's what Christianity is all about. You see, people in the first century, they understood this. People in the first century, they understood that Christianity is more than just songs. It's more than just great sermons. They understood that being a a Christian means there's a possibility that they might lose their lives. Polycarp, for example, was burned at the stake for not willing to recant his faith in Jesus Christ. A lot of Christians die for their faith under the persecution of Rome because being a Christian is not a religious term, right? When you say you are a follower of Christ, it's in opposition to a follower of Caesar, for example. See, Rome couldn't care less if you worship Zeus, if you worship Jupiter, Rome couldn't care less. But they cared about the Christians so much, why? Because to them, being a Christian is not just a religious term, it's a political term. That these Christians live different as if they're under the submission to a different king altogether by the way they talk, by the way they live, by the way they sacrifice their lives. And so they're being persecuted, not for being religious, but for their allegiance to a new king called Jesus Christ. All right? That's what being a Christian means. And they understood this very well. And that's why we need to understand the same thing right now. If we want to see What we've built, we want to see the faith generation continues to the next generation, and next generation after that. We need to understand this call from Jesus when he says, whoever wants to be my disciple. Whoever wants, that means it's an open invitation to all. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. See, whoever wants, there's no coercion. You don't have to follow Jesus if you don't want to. Do you know that? Jesus said, hey, if you want to follow me, follow me. If you don't want to follow me, don't follow me. So you need to make a decision. Do you want to follow Christ or do you not want to follow Christ? Do you want to be just a believer or you want to be a disciple? Do you want to just take or do you want to also give back? See, you want to be just blessed or you also want to be a blessing? See, no one forces you. And Jesus says, whoever wants to be my disciple. But if you want to be his disciple, you will, if you want to be his follower, then you've got to understand what it takes. Jesus says, you've got to deny yourself. You've got to be willing to die and take up the cross and follow me. But it is actually in that act of dying that you will save your life. On the other hand, if, you, if you're so precious about your life, if it's all about living comfortably and retiring comfortably, then in that process, you will actually lose your life. You will not experience the miracle that God has in mind for you. When God says, I'm going to give you life that is truly life, in John 10, verse 10. I love the message version of these verses. It says here, anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me, and I'll show you how self-help is no help at all. Self sacrifice is the way, my way, to finding yourself your true self. And I'm glad that in our church we have disciples of Jesus Christ. We have followers of Jesus Christ here. Followers who understand what it takes to bring our faith to the next generation. Followers who give up their hard earned money. Followers of Jesus who give up their talent, their time, in order to serve our community. And without them, we wouldn't have this. This church is not built on one person. It cannot. This church is built through the sacrifices of many understanding followers of Jesus Christ. I want to show you this video to to show you what they've done with what they have been given.
1: Believing in Jesus has helped me just have the confidence to know that even in tough times I've got someone that's got my back and just just be faithful knowing that everything's gonna be okay and that I've got a partner as I walk through life.
0: I gained a lot of morals and ethics that I stand by today and it gave me a strong foundation to become who I am.
1: It's just how I I live out my life. I'm being more responsible, I'm being more caring and loving for others and you know just the little things that I do even to serving at church, you know, in Upshire and the van, it, it brings more meaning into my life. A lot of the things I used to do, I now no longer do. God's really helped me grow, um, and the main emphasis I would put in that is particularly different addictions. has helped me overcome and transform my life. I've been set free from addiction, um, been set free from my inner demons as well. My mental health has improved immensely. I'm no longer believing the lies that I've been taught, the lies that I believe about myself as well, but mainly just being free to be me and being accepted for being who I am.
0: Uh, Well, I've known about Jesus my whole life, but it was only when I was about 13 when I started believing in him. And since then, he's given me a better understanding of the world and the people in it. And he's guided me through some
1: very tough times. Jesus has been a great role model for me personally. And he's really taught me how to be a better person in my everyday life. And over these last few years, I've just felt his presence guiding me.
0: Well, my life has changed uh, by the choices that I make and the reasons why I have come to youth because of my faith and the relationships I have with people. we revived
1: my faith and helped me to get baptized and Grow uh, further in my faith and pretty much have a stronger connection with God. The Rocks has been great because it's given me a, like a family outside of my family that I can come to and they can help nurture through my faith. And uh, there's no judgment or condemnation if mistakes are made or if there's like any any issues. They're very supportive. Since I first came in here, I felt like a long straight away. Um, the amount of people that I've been able to have come up to me and just ask how I am. For me, it's coming here on a Sunday and having the gathering and being able to worship freely and, you know, being able to be happy to see people and people to be happy to see me but also serving alongside others in um, ministry team just coming in during the week and seeing people and being able to put a smile on someone's face and being able to receive a blessing myself as well. I think since joining The Rocks uh, my faith has grown and I've grown as a person just being surrounded by people who, who are on the same journey as me, you know, encouraging me and and attending The Rocks every day and serving through ministry has has helped me in this journey.
0: Yeah, and our serving at Transit it has been a blessing for us to be able to teach the future generation how to be better people and inspires us to just be better people in our community. Uh, The Rocks has given me, you know, a very strong community. My friend Isaac here and all of you watching, you make this place a home.
1: Being at The Rocks and growing up at The Rocks, it's given
0: me the ability to grow in my faith and um, help serve in things like Upstreet, Youth in the Band, and it's really helped me further develop my faith in who I am. Come on, let's give him a hand. (laughs) My time is up, but I want you to imagine with me, imagine if every single one of us decide to take what Jesus says seriously about following Him. Imagine how much different our church will be. Imagine the impact that we can make in our community, in our country. Imagine that. We have a big, big responsibility to the next generation. We need to be very careful what we're teaching the next generation. Are we making the next generation of consumer Christians who can give this basic biblical answer, but their lives don't show a reflection of what it means to be a Jesus follower. We need to be careful because the faith of the next generation is in our hands. So you need to decide whether or not you want to follow Jesus. If following Jesus is too inconvenient for you, it costs too much for you, then you won't see the miracles that God has in mind for our church, for your life. But if you say yes to that call, you're going to see if you're sick and tired of being a consumer Christian, maybe you think, oh, Christianity is so boring now for me. Maybe you haven't taken the challenge of Jesus seriously because the first century believers, they understand that when Jesus called them, Jesus called them to be His witnesses, not just to be His worshipers, not just to be His listeners, Sunday morning sitting in a pew like this, but they understand that there's a mission that they need to do. And so, I want to challenge you. We're gonna sing a song as a declaration of our faith. The song is an old hymn called, I have decided to follow Jesus. I just read how amazing uh, this, the story behind this hymn is. What happened was, there's this village in India where missionaries came to preach the gospel and one family decided to follow Jesus against the threat of persecution, of death. And this family decided to follow Jesus and one by one, they killed their family members. And finally, the father, the head of the family, was given the opportunity to give up his faith. And he says, "Um, I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. The world behind me, the cross before me. Even if nobody else followed, I have decided to follow Jesus. That's what it takes for us to bring this faith to the next generation. Why don't you stand on your feet as we sing this song as a declaration of our commitment to follow Jesus.
1: Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more great resources and to keep yourself up to date, head to our website. Visit therocks.church.